0: You're listening to the Voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is the first of two parts of Victor Tremblay in Snowed In by Pascal Farfel, whose script for A Very Fucking Christmas was soundly rejected by the Hallmark Channel. You can find more of his stories on his Fur Affinity and So Furry pages. Please enjoy. Victor Tremblay in Snowed In. By Pascal Farfel Part 1 of 2 January 12th, 1988 Winter was particularly cold in North Idaho and we were right up against the border with Canada. Hotel stays without Charles were rough but they were good pay and that was what we needed most. This was an old place. Cozy, hospitable, but definitely showing its age. Red brick exterior, three floors, Seemingly of a pre war design. Though it was well cleaned inside, airy and bright. I had a small room to myself on the third floor, with a telephone so I could call Charles before bed and in the morning, as well as a very nice ensuite bathroom. On the eve of our arrival, myself and my partner for this mission, Don Harvey, made our way out of the hotel and into the small village opposite the hotel itself, consisting of a small restaurant directly opposite the hotel then a little further up the road, a small gray post office and a trade and commerce office alongside that. These existed just past a single-track railway line and a small station building. We made a safe crossing over the railway to the other road and elected to have dinner at the restaurant. Don managed his usual trick of being underwhelmed by the quality of the food and service, while finding the small place struggling to survive quaint and cute all at once. While eating, I noticed a rat in a yellow coat having an overt argument with someone on a telephone, though I was distracted from this by Don's constant complaining. Man, I can't tell if this steak is cooked too much or not cooked enough, he said, poking his vegan steak with a fork. Since when did you become a food critic? I asked offhand, staring at the rat on the phone as he became more animated. Since Ma picked up a spoon, told me it was an airplane, and stuck it in my throat, Don chortled. I blinked. Remembering my youth, then wishing I hadn't. Charming, I said, noting the rat had stormed out of the building and turning back to my soup. We'd been brought along to investigate an investment conference hosted by the Benzine Technology Institute. Stank of money laundering, pyramid schemes, that sort of thing. Don had a lot of experience with the workings of large piles of money, legitimate and illegitimate. As such, to my disappointment, he was chosen to accompany me on this. He was with a police detective agency, hence had a firearm, and was seen as a trusted pair of hands for big-money jobs. I was just a reluctant contractor, getting my pay where I could. This background in cash, I begrudgingly admit, was an advantage. Not that you could call having a billion dollars legitimate, of course. It was more money than me and Charles would ever see in our entire lives on this earth. Having dined without excess incident... We returned to the hotel and checked into my bed. Tomorrow would be an early start and a long, long day. Though, not in the way I was expecting. I woke up to my alarm as intended and clambered out of bed and headed for the shower. My fur was still full of shampoo when the old, ornate telephone began to ring. With dry hands, I took the call. Detective Tremblay? "Uh, Yes, I replied. Due to the weather, I'm afraid we're having to suspend the event until things clear up. We can't get anyone down to the site safely. I moved from the bedside table to the window and opened it. A thick, heavy flood of snow had coated everything in sight, including Don's rather horrible Porsche he'd insisted on driving up here in. Uh, Understood. We'll keep us informed and we'll let you know of any developments, I instructed, placing down the phone and getting dressed. The badger was an utter grump about the whole thing. We can't even get the goddamn door open, he grunted, gesturing to the double doors at the front of the reception foyer. Planning to make some snow angels? I inquired with a smirk. You're a winter animal. This is practically your habitat, I teased. A lemur such as myself was capable of surviving fairly diverse habitats, but snow was somewhat beyond our comfort zone. Hence, I had evolved to bring along a big coat. Given that the conference had been postponed, and that we were stuck inside anyway, I made clear to Don that our best course of action was to get a cup of coffee, sit back in a chair, and wait it out. With coffee and paw, and a grumbling badger throwing a strop, I sat back in a wing chair and waited for the snow to thaw. What do you mean it's gone? It's gone! It's just gone! My ear twitched. A pair of moles stood a few paces away, rummaging through a backpack. The pair were both clad in outdoors wear, seemingly ready for rough weather and bitter cold. I kept my ear trained on them for a while. Yeah, I definitely had it, the one in blue whispered. The one in yellow shook their head and silenced their partner, and they began to move past my position. "Uh, Excuse me, I said, standing up. Could I be any help? ''Oh, uh, no, don't worry, we've got it under control,'' the one in yellow briskly assured me. I took note of their appearance. Generally well-kept fur, though with a small scar on the back of the paw and some fur steadfastly refusing to stay matted down. I nodded and sat back down as they scurried back upstairs. ''You remember that vase they were talking about?'' Don asked. Seventy thousand dollars for a damn vase. Absolutely insane!'' I wrapped my head back over the check-in. I vaguely recalled it, though the badger was quick to jock me. Come on, Victor, call yourself a detective, he smirked. Sapphire, dark blue, tall, long-looking thing, was in the brochure when I picked this place. Sort of thing you'd want in your trophy cabinet. Hire some bikini babes to clean it for you. Don started to cackle in that awful way he did. My brain invoked his image. The modified idea of Charles with such a vase appealed, though then again that was because it was Charles. He could be holding an encyclopedia of radiation diseases, and it'd still be an appealing sight for him alone. Better yet, of course, Charles owns the vase, and I get to clean it in the bikini. Oh, how the mind yearns. I'd completely gotten lost in how happy I'd be in such a garment that I failed to notice the pandemonium that had befallen the room. The owner, a skunk in her mid-thirties, appeared, teeth and claws out. Not a single one of you is leaving this building until you find it, she growled. I stood up and approached. What's gone missing? She gave me a glare. The Alpha Vase. She took a look over my figure. You wouldn't happen to be one of those. I took out my badge. Yes, and my assistant, Don Harvey, is also in residence. Oh, you were the, uh... Friend of Dorothy who checked in last night? I went perfectly scarlet. Ah, uh, Margaret Lanier, she said quickly. Did you just call me your assistant? Don grumbled belligerently once he'd got to us. I'll handle this, Tremblay. I'm sure Victor can handle it quite fine on his own, she assured him with a knowing smirk. My blush turned into surprise, though how on earth she knew I'd have to work out later. Yeah, you're right. It's only a vase. You can probably work that one out. The badger smirked, gave me a nudge with his elbow. I nodded. Of course, last thing we'd want to do is tax that supercomputer brain of yours. I grunted. Where is the vase usually kept? Top floor, center corridor on the north side, in a glass case, she explained. I nodded and briskly departed for the stairwell. A little light exercise up to the third floor, and I was soon faced with the debris. A wooden stand in the center of the corridor up against the back wall. Around it were shards of glass, and the vase was missing. Firstly, to check for an implement. smash-and-grab of this type would usually involve a primary weapon used to shatter the glass, then pick up the object with the paws. Though this seemed a shoddy job indeed, I couldn't see any primary weapon, but upon closer inspection of the glass, I could see blood on it. This suggested it was either broken by hand, or the thief hadn't used any hand protection. Perhaps an impulsive move rather than a planned heist. Destroying the glass with a weapon could risk damage to the vase itself, although removing the case through detachment from the base would have been the best way for that. I pulled on some gloves and took out an evidence bag, placed the glass shards within it, wrapped the entire thing in bubble wrap, and placed it in my pocket again. Something of this type would most likely come with an alarm system. Something to alert of a theft. In the base of the stand, I saw a small red LED and a tiny sensor. The LED was blank. It had not been triggered. Could be two reasons for this. Reason one was that the sensor was disabled prior to the theft, though that would make smashing the glass somewhat pointless. Reason two, the one I was in favor of, was that the sensor simply wasn't functioning correctly, either from being broken or being of shoddy workmanship. The bottom section of the glass remained intact around the connection point with the stand. This might simply be what triggers it. Again, destroying the case by force would likely drop glass shards onto and into the vase, doing damage that a collector thief would be unlikely to want to cause. I took a few preliminary photographs of the crime scene, then began to assess the hallway. Blood would be the big tell. Once one was in possession of the vase, leaving the hallway as fast as possible would be the logical move, and a hotel room itself would be a good location to escape into, at least for a moment. I'd been staying on the same floor as the vase, though at the north end of the floor. I moved up and down the corridor. Before at last, I spotted a few drips of red on one of the door handles. I photographed it, collected a sample onto a swab, and placed it into another evidence bag then entered the room. I was blasted instantly with bitter arctic cold. The large double windows of the room were wide open and the curtains fluttered and waved from the wind and the snow. I grunted, tugging the door closed behind me and taking a few steps toward the window and moving to close it, then deciding against it and taking a long look down into the snow below. I took out my camera and got a picture of the snow formation. It's possible the assailant attempted to escape via this window, Though, leaping from a third-floor window, even with a snowbank below, would be a fool's errand. The snow didn't seem that deformed, no evidence of an impact. It's possible that this was a considered plan, but one reconsidered, given the scope. My blood went cold. There was no reason why the thief couldn't still be in here. I spun around. The room door was open. Tabernacle I growled, storming out of the room. "'A flash of fabric at the end of the corridor. "'I broke out into a run. "'Far wall, left turn, yellow coat. "'I didn't get any other features. "'That was enough. "'End of the corridor, left again, a circle. "'I was closing in. "'I saw my chance. "'I was a fool, a damn fool. "'The figure in yellow paused just above the stairs. "'In this moment, I could have stopped. "'I could have thought. "'I could have been smart.' I was not. Like a cheetah, I leapt. I tackled the yellow figure and hurled myself and them tumbling down the steps. I felt each step smack against my body. All I could see. Carpet. Rooftop. Foyer. Carpet. Rooftop. Stairs. Carpet. At last we tumbled to a halt and I understood the true nature of my disaster. I hadn't tackled one person in yellow. I tackled two... This was the first of two parts of Victor Tremblay in Snowed In by Pascal Farfel, read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. Tune in next time to find out how Detective Tremblay solves the case of the Alpha Vase. As always, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.